Broadcasting from a radioactive bunker deep inside the bracket compound, this is Show Spoilers Episode 8, Mr. Robot Season 3, Episodes 5 and 6. Two episodes. Why are we doing that? Well, we're busy, but uh, we're here now. We're back and better than ever, so say at least two of us in the world. My name is Kevin Brackett, and joining me, as always, my co-host, Roger Roper. Hey, Raj. Yes, we've been busy. You've been you've been in Disney World. You've been with your son. It's uh, Thanksgiving. My father's in town. I made him watch Mr. Robot. He was like, what is this show? I'm so confused. And I'm like, well, <laughs> I do a podcast about it. You should subscribe. <laughs> there you go. Exactly. No, like, we have a like, lot going on. We, we do have a lot going on. And um, these last two episodes were absolutely fantastic. I'm, I'm really looking forward to talking about them. Absolutely. I know. I've been jonesing to discuss these with you for the last two weeks. So amazing. So much to talk about. But before we get into it, let's give our plugs. Of course, everyone can follow us on Twitter at all the spoilers. If you want to email us, join the discussion. Uh, we have a Gmail account. It is the show spoilers at gmail.com. Don't forget the in front of that the show spoilers at gmail.com follow me as always at kevin r bracket and raj what is your twitter handle it is roger underscore roper r-o-e-p-e-r excellent well let's get right into it we have two episodes to discuss lots to get into i will just tell you right now um i know i messaged you but just to tell everybody listening right now as soon as i watched episode five of season three my mind was blown i was amazed i thought this was one of the most amazing pieces of television i've ever seen it was so wonderful what were your thoughts on that you, you, are we talking specifically episode five or are we also talking episode six i'm talking episode five episode just five. just okay. chronologically if we get into it okay. episode five just blew my mind i had no idea something like this was going to happen because you know obviously we've been watching the show and you know we've gone through two and a half seasons about now and uh you know i did not I did not even expect something like this to happen. Uh, basically, this was a 45-minute tracking shot. Of course, there was some camera trickery. They didn't do this all in one take. But for all intents and purposes, this was a 45-minute shot that was just executed masterfully, in my opinion. What did yeah. you think? Yeah, no, definitely. I agree. I, in fact, I think I asked you, is this a bottle episode that just happens to be directed uh, extremely well. I am a fan of tracking shots. I'm a fan of uh, one shots, if you will, whatever the the nomenclature is. But um, when it's done effectively well, uh, it really enhances for me as a viewer. I, I'm more drawn in. And why I think it's a bottle episode is because not really a lot of things, not a lot of things really happen from a plot perspective. And it all happens almost in real time. And for that to happen, uh, and for a bottle episode to be this entertaining really takes some masterful skills. And I think they executed uh, absolutely uh, on point. I don't think I've seen – has there any – in your experience, has there been any other show that has done a, a, an entire episode from the perspective of, of a tracking shot? 
No, I, you know, and I, I haven't seen every episode out there, as I'm sure you haven't either, but I have never seen a television show attempt this. Uh, it was so well done. Uh, you know, immediately as I watched this episode, as I was watching it, I thought of Hitchcock. I thought yeah. of one of my favorite movies, Rope. Uh, Hitchcock filmed Rope, and it was supposed to be one continuous take. Of course, there were limitations at the time. There was no digital back then. No, you know, the computers weren't weren't on par with what they are now. And so he had to change film reels. But other than that, he filmed that movie on maybe two or three, maybe four rolls of film. But uh, it was one take and it was similar to a play, right? Watching a stage play and, and having to do it all in one take. There are no redos. There's not take 25, you know, it it is, you are just there live. And so when I was watching it and I even tweeted out to Sam Esmail, I, I tweeted, am I watching Hitchcock or Sam Esmail? Like this is, and it's something I just did not expect from this show. And as much as we love this show and I think it's incredible, I didn't expect to see something like this happen. So it was completely out of left field. And I thought it was so great the way that they uh, were able to splice together the scenes. So, uh, you know, as it went throughout the 45 minutes, and I will say kudos to USA Networks because I did watch this as it was. um, I think I just started it. No, I, I guess I watched it live. Or yeah. on, I, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to decide: was it right after it aired, or was it live? But when I was watching it on the USA Network app, they did not put commercial breaks in, which was very impressive for a service. Yeah, uh, they went 45 minutes straight without any of those little vertical lines in between where you're going to see commercial That's break, right. and that would have really disrupt disrupted the pacing of the episode. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was so cool of a network to be able to. Uh, you know, follow the the director and follow the writer and creator's vision, and be able to do that without monetizing it with breaks throughout the show. So, I mean, my mind was blown. I didn't know what was going on. I loved it. Uh, <laughs> it was just so cool. And so, kudos to Sam Esmail for for attempting this and for executing it. It was it was amazing. Yeah, USA taking some risks, taking some gambles. I will say uh, I also watched it on the usanetwork.com, and now that you say it, there were no interruptions uh, throughout the first 45 minutes. And uh, for the, for a for a show, for a network uh, television show, to, to do that uh, takes a lot of risk and gambles, and I don't know uh, if that was also this, the case in the live version, but if you, if you haven't watched it on, the, on a streaming service, from start to finish, uh, go and rewatch this episode. Uh, you'll get much more pleasure out of it. Uh, I highly agree with everything you just said. Yeah, it's it's really the only way to do it. So so again, it was great. Uh, I was I was just just blown away by it. But let's get into this episode. So uh, basically, it, it starts off with Elliot in an elevator. He is at E Corp. He's going to his daily nine to five job, as we've talked about in previous episodes. Uh, and he ends up getting off the elevator and he talks to his coworker, the guy at the cubicle, the right. the, bro, the bro, so to speak, and uh, you know <laughs> the IT bro, the IT yeah. bro. Absolutely. And so something that was really interesting about this, I'm going to, I watched it twice. So I watched the episode, I really enjoyed it. And then I had to rewatch it just to just to really enjoy it and appreciate it again. But I caught something different the second time. And so there's a quote from this IT bro. And he says, Quote, so I had this piece of tang this weekend. You're not even going to believe I was unlocking achievements Saturday night that went all the way through Sunday morning. I even impressed myself. 
And so the first time watching this, I thought to myself, okay, so Mr. Robot is hip. They know the lingo. They, they obviously have all this technology and the routers and the hacking and the computers, all that good stuff. And so why would they not relate to the, the computer users, the IT guys, whatever. But we've been talking about this crazy tinfoil hat theory that there's some kind of time travel, uh, you know, alternate realities, parallel universes, whatever you want to call it. And so it was interesting. One of the theories we discussed in a previous episode was actually that this whole season could be some kind of simulation. So think about that again. This guy that's talking to Elliot is in this quote unquote reality game, whatever you want to call it. And he says, I had a piece of tang this weekend. I was unlocking achievements Saturday night that went all the way through Sunday morning. I even impressed myself. Is this some kind of elite speak? Is this a guy inside a game similar to playing Call of Duty, Battlefront, whatever online game you want to play? Could he possibly in be in some kind of simulation or game with Elliot and talking like a gamer? I mean, it could be. Uh, what's clear is that he's not playing Battlefront 2 because, as we all know, <laughs> in order to get loot crates in Battlefront 2, you have to spend almost $2,000. Um, and Belgium is trying to <laughs> outlaw loot crates as, as a form of gambling. Uh, kudos to you, Belgium. But, um, but yeah, you know, the, the, I thought I – thought, um, you know, I didn't catch that. It sounds good, and, and certainly, I think we're looking for clues to back up our theory uh, in that this could be a, a possible si- simulation. However, for me, my when when I when I listened to that for the first time, I was uh, just fixated on like, okay, like, like uh, what kind of achievements is this guy leveling up on, and what am I doing wrong when I'm in <laughs> when I'm in the sack? But. but but this guy, he, he also kind of tracks back uh, his statements when Elliot basically says, he calls him on his bullshit. He's like, listen, you're you're grotesque. I don't want to hear anything about this. Like, whatever. And then he kind of walks back. He's like, well, I've actually never penetrated. I've only uh, I've only gone to a couple of rug, you know, rub and tug shops and whatever. That's <laughs> that's what he's that's what, that's what he says. Right. Like he's walking back all of his statements. So the guy really wasn't unlocking any achievements well i i agree with you and i this guy obviously was talking a big game he was talking a lot of bs but what do people do behind their computer screens what do they do when they've just got a microphone and they've got a you know they've got their their gamer profile yeah (laughs) (laughs) exactly but honestly twitter yeah and this is this is just on my second watching because again the first time i was so fixated on the visual execution and the one the one take the tracking shot so to speak Mm -hmm. that they did so well but when i went back and listened to it i was thinking man this guy is talking like an internet troll this is a guy that's talking this big game but is really hiding behind his keyboard he's a keyboard crusader an internet warrior so to speak (laughs) and so i i I thought this was just a hip speak at first and then i started thinking well wait a minute is this a guy playing a game so just hold on to that thought i don't know interesting thought it's it's definitely an interesting theory yeah exactly so i don't know and i could be just trying to fish for excuses to back up my my whole theory of this season but we'll get into that especially (laughs) with episode six but anyway he talks to the guy i 
I, oh, go well, ahead. Before we even before he even gets off the elevator, what's the deal with the German guys? Yeah, no, I you know I watched that again for a second time, and the guy is speaking in German. I have no idea what that means. Do you have any idea? Um, I I, I meant to do a translation, but uh, my time got away from me here. Mm-hmm. Um, but one thing you do notice is that. Again, the show is very brilliant in the fact uh, that even though the, sh- the show is completely shot uh, using um, using a tracking shot, the they're dropping little clues as to what is progressing uh, in the plot. Right? We know that uh, this day um, is also coinciding with a UN resolution vote on whether or not. China will be able to annex the Congo. And we know from previous episodes that that is that's part of White Rose's whole plan and the agreement uh, that he has with the American government that they'll allow China to annex the the Democratic Republic of Congo. And I believe there were eight, seven or eight nation states uh, that uh, would have to agree, unanimously agree to the resolution and and and. So I wonder if because they introduced that idea at the same time um, as he's on the elevator, if if the Germans have something to do with that. No, that's a great theory. I was just going to throw out my tinfoil again and say, hey, I, I'm going full blown tinfoil on this and going to say, okay. well, when you game online, right, you can play with people from all over the world. So is this people from Germany somehow partaking in the simulation in this game, so to speak? I don't know. Right. But right. again, I'm um, going to seem crazy if this doesn't come to fruition. But I'm thinking, right. I'm thinking of online gaming when you hear okay. the people with accents and you're playing online against all these other people on Call of Duty or Battlefield or Battlefront or whatever, and you hear all these different type of people. It's like, wow, is is Elliot in a simulation with people that could be from all different countries and all around it, the world? It could be. I did a, I did a quick Google search. So the so the German meaning is the beginning is difficult. That's the first thing he says. The beginning is difficult. Mm-hmm. And then the rest, and this is just, again, this is roughly worded. This is not fact-checked whatsoever. But this is from the internet. Oh, the internet's says, always right. Oh, I uh, Always right, yeah. Yeah, if you Googled uh, this, it's 100% verifiable. <laughs> right. Uh, it says, altogether, I believe it means the beginning is difficult. Just read the beginning of the art. Um, or all beginning is heavy to begin is easy. Persistence is art. Hmm. So could be pointing to something. I don't know. It could be, I don't know. Uh, it, it could be the beginning is difficult. Just read the beginning, get to know the art. Uh, Many of these in- individuals who are trying to translate say the issue with German is uh, one phrase on its own can mean something completely different than what is combined with another phrase or word. So German also is difficult as English. Hmm. Which is which would make sense since English is a German German language. Interesting. Right. So Elliot's Elliot's agenda here is that he is trying to stop this this stage two plan by the Dark Army. And so he is at E Corp. Obviously, that's why he's undercover. And he is trying to stop these UPSs from the hydrogen gas that they're going to let out. And this overall explosion is going to destroy all the records. We know that's why we're there. And so he has to go and find a computer because... 
as we know, he to be let, going to be let go by Angela. She basically in the last episode talked to Price and and he was going to expedite the firing of Elliot. And so he has to, after he is locked out, go on to some kind of a computer terminal and and somehow stop this execution of stage two. And so I like that he's going to try to find a terminal and he, he finds this unsuspecting worker that seems like an older lady, maybe not down with the lingo, maybe not <laughs> yeah. the, the the highest of computer users. And she's right. like sniffing her like white out tube. And so he picks her out immediately. And when he goes and tells her that, that there's some kind of an open port on the firewall or some kind of insecure thing, she fires back at him with all the lingo and telling him that, oh, she's secured everything. <laughs> and I, I thought that is just such fantastic this, writing. Oh, yeah. The, the, the misdirection is, is, is great here. But uh, he needs – the reason he's on that floor is because E-Corp's uh, – HR and security is on to him. Who do you think tipped off HR and security um, to, to his presence in the building? Well, I, I mean, I would have to say that it was Angela. That was my initial reaction was that she was the one that wanted him to obviously she knew that this, that his presence at E Corp would be, you know, debilitating to what the dark army is trying to do. I mean, is that right. your thought? That, that's my thought, and I think it's because of what she says in episode six, um, right, in that you're not supposed to be here. Yeah, absolutely. And so I think that I think that the firing was obviously Price was the one that pushed it through, but at Angela's request. And I think that they need to get him out of there. But the interesting part of it, and that we'll find out later in the episode, uh, is that the Dark Army was not necessarily aware of this tactic, because right. obviously Irving is going to request something of Elliot. And, uh, you know, Angela has no choice. It's actually in this episode at this, what we're talking about is that, uh, she has no choice, but to execute these commands herself because she's already let Elliot go because of he's such a risk to their mission. So, uh, you know, she, she kind of screws herself without, you know, she had good intentions, but, uh, yeah, it goes downhill very quickly. Uh, yeah, well, you know, back to the scene of uh, the old lady uh, sniffing glue. Um, <laughs> I forget her name. Uh, but yeah, poor Fred. So it, it goes over to Fred. Fred kind of got kind of clueless guys. Like I just got, got, got here. There were some clues. If you look at his desk, he's got like the Bernie Sanders sticker. And uh, he's got like a like a five hour energy yeah. on his desk. Um, and I was thinking to myself, like, I'm a Bernie Sanders supporter. I, too, like. <laughs> Five hour energy <laughs> at times, not all the time. Sure, are they are they trying to like? Was that social commentary on Bernie Bros? That whole guy, <laughs> like the, the whole back to my PC. I mean, this Fred is definitely an IT bro, as we've coined right. it earlier in this episode. Right. Uh, you know, this is a guy that uh, came into the office after a night of partying. He's got his five hour <laughs> energy. He's trying to stay awake. He's like checking his checking his emails and his Facebook his updates. And, li- yeah, yeah right. his fantasy football lineup. Right. Exactly. And uh, he, he can't really be bothered. But when 
Henry from IT comes in and tells him that he needs to check out his computer. He's just like, no, man, I'm, it's all good. Nothing's wrong here. And right. I love the showdown between quote unquote Henry from IT. <laughs> Elliot, sure. Elliot just tells him how it is and that he needs to use his computer and it's not a discussion. <laughs> I love it. It's, it's so great. And Rami Malik is such a fantastic actor. He, he has to play, think about this. He has to play so many different types of characters. Not only is he Elliot, but he's Elliot as Mr. Robot and he has to, he has to play stressed out and he has to play badass and uh it, it really is fantastic so we get to see another great performance from rami in this episode and he gets onto his computer and he tries to start hacking in but you've got the hr people the security you've got the security guards you've got the hr people going after him constantly so he gets off of uh the it bro fred's computer he ducks into a conference room and this is another great piece of writing here where he's on his cell phone and he acts like some entitled millennial type worker where he's he's just ducking into the conference room checking his emails and doing his work on his phone and meanwhile these people are in the conference room about to start this presentation and they're like yeah exactly and they're like "Uh, i don't think you're in the wrong place and he cuts them off immediately is oh yeah one minute and he's just finishing this email It's great. And and again, with the masterful execution of this tracking shot, what they do is in the background, when you see Elliot on his phone typing, you know, this fake email that he's trying to uh, do to buy himself some time, you see in the background, the security guards walking past the glass conference room. And there's so much going on in this episode. There's so much to take in. It really is fantastic. And in the end, he ends up saying, oh, maybe I have the wrong room. And he checks his quote-unquote email he sees that he's a floor off but uh the security guards clear out they they pass they they've done their sweep and they didn't find him and so he ends up uh, leaving there but again this is all happening in real time like you mentioned before and it's so cool to see without cuts without uh, changing the angle without it looking like a different take um really from from a filming perspective from a directing perspective sam esmail and then from rami malik and the rest of the cast like to pull off something like this this is this is ballet this is a choreographed dance and it's really impressive uh, as the germans say uh, persistence is art or art is persistence yeah, I I can't imagine. I I really want to get this uh, season whenever it comes out on Blu-ray and watch the behind the scenes. I need to know more of how they executed this because they made it look easy, right? Agreed. They they did make it look effortless, uh, which again uh, talks to the brilliance uh, that is this show. So I mean, you know, obviously he's, he's running away. He's trying to duck out the security. Um, he's ducking out security. What is he trying to accomplish again? Before he before he has to leave the building, help help me understand what he's trying to accomplish, because it seems as if once security gets their grubby little hands on him, um, they, they they don't do anything other than escort him out. What's well, interesting, because we're talking about two episodes at a time now. It's so different talking about a show week to week than it is two weeks at a time. And so now we know how futile his efforts are, but I won't skip ahead, but he is trying to stop these UPSs from destroying this data facility where he believes that all of uh, dark army, while he was knocked out, while Mr. Robot has taken over control, he believes that all the uh, paper 
was shipped to this one facility and he's trying to stop right. these UPSs from exploding, letting off these gases that Got will ignite it. and the whole building's going to come down and destroy them, right? So he okay. has to do that from within the building because there's no back door, there's no way to get in from outside the building and he needs to be able to access it from within. So that is the whole mission of this episode and uh, again, we'll get to that in episode 6, but it's kind of crazy with with what the reveal is at the end of the episode but before we get there uh we 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 didn't we skipped over at the beginning of the episode he gets a call from his sister darlene and when he's in the episode with the german speaking guys uh there uh angela is actually in the elevator too and we know from season i'm sorry from episode four that angela obviously has been working with mr robot and she is trying to execute this this plan with the dark army and she's been trying to keep elliot uh, the elliot personality as far away as possible and so when we start episode five in the elevator she's like your phone's going off who is that on the phone and it is darlene saying hey meet me in the lobby we have to talk and so Darlene is obviously from our last discussion. She knows that Mr. Robot and Elliot, I'm sorry, Mr. Robot is working together with Angela. Uh, she has something going on that uh, is is kind of betraying Elliot's uh, sensibilities here. And so, uh, you know, she, she, Darlene wants to, to talk to him about what's going on. And at this point, we don't know that, or Elliot does not know that Darlene's been working with the FBI. So, so basically she wants to talk to him and tell him about Angela and tell him about more that's been going on. So that is her goal throughout this episode is to get a hold of Elliot, tell him what's going on, fill him in a bit. And Angela is trying to keep him on track and keep him from stopping her plan, Dark Army's plan. So basically, uh, as we as we go throughout this episode, uh, you know, it's those two different sides, Angela and Dark Army versus Elliot and Darlene. Um, so we cut we cut forward uh or I'm sorry. Uh, what was interesting was when I went back and watched the episode when they did the little flashback recap at the beginning of all the episodes. They showed the little snippet that uh, Dom was talking talking to Darlene, and she says, "If you fill in Elliot about any of your involvement, it's going to destroy your immunity." So Darlene is risking herself, her immunity, and all the activities with f society uh but obviously we know that she cares about her brother and she wants to help him so that is one of those snippets where she is basically saying well screw that i don't really care about my immunity i'm gonna help out my brother so she's trying to fill him in uh before all this crazy stuff happens he eventually gets gets outside all the rioting is happening they get outside and he meets up with Darlene and she's flat out tells him that she's been working with the FBI. And this is a huge betrayal to Elliot. I mean, we kind of had this idea that he knew we, we, you know, when she planted that tracking device or whatever you want to call it on his computer. And we thought, well, maybe he knew, but to me, this was the revelation. I don't think that he actually suspected her as of this point. What did you think? Um, it seems as if he didn't know. Yeah. Right. Which, which is odd because again, like you, I, I thought when he was in her apartment and he saw the phone and started looking through it, it gave us, there were visual clues that perhaps he was onto something. 
but he kind of reacts, like you said, in a manner that he's surprised, he's upset. And it could be that he is just playing Darlene, right? It could be. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely could be. But, you know, honestly, it seemed so genuine. Uh, his reaction whenever they they go outside of E-Corp and, and there's all the rioters and everything. And when she says that she's been working with the FBI, I mean, his his reaction, uh, obviously, Rami Malek's an amazing actor. But as far as the the character, Elliot, like his eyes opened right then and there in that scene. And I don't think he knew it seemed like genuine betrayal. Yeah. No, agreed. Agreed. And so, again, I mean, we've seen uh, pieces of uh, their relationship. Do you think this affects them negatively? Like, again, once he finds out, and I, I know I'm skipping ahead, but listen, it's, it's, it's a dual episode. You knew what you were getting into when you <laughs> downloaded this episode. If you're listening, you've seen both the episodes. You've you seen get both it. the episodes. Yeah. Right, you get it. So the two people that he trusts the most – have he finds out that they're betraying him what what's going to be his reaction right because he knows uh well up until this point his defense mechanism was to go to mr robot that's that's who he would go to that's the persona that that would shield him um from uh these type of you know uh events happening right he he as uh himself as elliot could not deal with a situation like this so is he is he now it's almost like it was almost like watching spider-man learn his uh traits is he now going to flip back and forth between mr robot and elliot when he needs to is he now can uh does he now have full control over and what does that mean for their relationships moving forward is he going to be able to trust angela or darlene yeah, you know, I think that Darlene does a really good job of explaining to him. Uh, she is very genuine in her explanation, and she says that she's trying to help him, and she she wants to to protect both of them. So, I but but I get what you're saying. It's very hard to to realize all of a sudden that the two people you trust most in the world, in this case, his sister Darlene and his best friend Angela are lying to him are are betraying him and and uh breaking his trust uh you know but i think that i think we'll get into it more with the next episode but i think that uh i don't know in my opinion again with the tin foil i don't know that it's necessarily going to matter much in the future but i definitely right. think that he is going to in this reality in this timeline whatever you want to call it i definitely think that he will have a harder time trusting again because I mean, who could blame him? He's got these two yeah. people that he that he actually trusted, and he doesn't trust many people. And and look, who who can he trust? There's not many left. Exactly. exactly. Uh, but yeah, so so uh, this is this is a very intense episode, and I thought it is just such an amazing ride, such an incredible experience during this 45 minutes that we have this episode five of season three. And uh, once Elliot's out of the picture, once he's on, on the list for security is looking out for him, he's been fired. Obviously HR and security know that he's a threat. And so he's pretty much out of the picture. 
And during all the writing, uh, I mean, this is not a small detail, but just to skip ahead for, for the sake of time, uh, the, the rioters and the protesters outside have started to storm E Corp. They are going right. in and they're destroying things. They are beating up the security guards and the employees. They are destroying the lobby and the pictures, everything. They're just trashing the place. Uh, and so they, uh, they are pretty much taking out everyone and they've got the F society masks on creating a huge distraction. And we find out later that Irving and F society are behind all of this. They know exactly what they want to do. And the whole thing is a distraction from their main goal, which is to execute this stage two, uh, you know, to, to put it, briefly here and uh they irving gets on the phone with angela and they say hey we need to have elliot do this this thing they need to have him uh expedite this process and so she basically says that she'll get it done she doesn't explain to irving that she's had him fired and that he's kicked out of the building and so she just says yeah we'll get it done and so now she is on a mission to do this and we've talked about before that angela has been seen uh, by others and by us as the viewers as someone that maybe is not as capable not as skilled as a computer user as a hacker as a programmer uh but I think a lot of this has has been a, a ploy by Angela because she obviously has the skills and she ends up navigating throughout the different floors of the building. She ends up getting, you know, on the router and she gets all the devices that she needs and she she gets the data that needs to be extracted for these UPS devices to execute stage two and uh but it is intense like were you on the edge of your seat like i I was was on the edge of my seat i was like uh, because i always put myself in a protagonist or someone who is uh integral to the story and i'm thinking to myself man if i'm in angela's shoes you know i've i've got uh the irving on the phone he's telling me he needs you know um Elliot to go and execute his plan. Well, I've already kind of fucked that up. And yeah. so you're like, all right, well, now I got to take care of it on my own. Then you get in the elevator. And again, I, it's, it's a trope that you see over and over and it's, it's an effective writing device, uh, but done incorrectly or, um, sloppily it can really come across as like ugh, this old this old this old bag again but the fact that she's in the elevator with security guard and she kind of drops the key thing and you're like oh shit how's she gonna get out of this and she's kind of quick on her feet uh making up quick excuses i'm like man would i have been able to do that right away and then you know you think oh my god she's fucked because again the show is smart and it's like no you come with me um, and then unexpectedly gets punched right, you know, right in the thing. And so kind of the writers, you know, get, you give her cover to go and do that. And I think to myself, I was thinking to myself, well, shoot, are, was that planned by the, uh, by these goons of, of, uh, white rose? Uh, but no, that was just the white rose is just like, ah, we're the, we're the spark that's lit this fuse, this fire. So she kind of lucked out into it, but again, done effectively. Uh, I enjoyed it. Um, and like you said, I was too on the edge of my seat. Yeah, it's pure chaos. So it, yeah. it's it's amazing that she had to think on her feet like the way she did because yeah, they they can only set them up and like Irving says, uh, 
they d- the dark army can only light the fuse and that's exactly what they say and it's so true because all the chaos of these protesters there's hundreds of people out there and they can't control what people will do these are human beings and they believe in this cause and they may be playing them and right. and these protesters are playing right into what the dark army wants them to do but again they're not robots they're um, sure. unless this is just a simulation unless, unless these are ai right they're uh, all mr robots so yeah exactly but but uh yeah it, it's like they they just played right into the dark army's hand but but they can't tell who they're going to beat up and they have got employees and security guards that they're taking out and destroying equipment and angela has to navigate this and that's the on your edges of your seat part that is so amazing and meanwhile as she navigates this whole and and this is one take i know we've said it before but again yeah the, the the whole one i mean one take quote unquote obviously they right, didn't one, one take but mm-hmm. but it looks like one tracking shot and it's so well done so they're navigating all this chaos and angela ends up uh getting the data that she needs she ends up extracting it off the servers onto this flash drive and she puts it into an envelope and she is able to hand it to the f society uh delivery person which of <laughs> that course guy, that guy was my favorite <laughs> character in the entire <laughs> They're eating a burger, right? In his, uh, in his um, lab outfit, you know, like yeah. uh, coveralls. He's got the white coveralls on, uh, you know, a la Westworld. Look, re- <laughs> look great. I know it's that's exactly what I thought of. I thought of the 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 Westworld guys, the guys in the lab there. Yeah, it, it, it's so funny. But he's sitting there, whatever, eating his food, and I don't know if he was drinking a milkshake or sipping a soda. But but <laughs> it's a Shake Shack. Right? Yeah, obviously he was waiting for for this delivery, and he was expecting Elliot. But Angela's the one that showed up, and she ends up handing him uh, the flash drive with the information, and he takes it, and I think he offers her some snacks and she takes it and uh it's so fantastic um i agree one thing i noticed before she makes the drop before she gets out of this when she is in the server room uh, she she interacts with another employee and this employee is like oh my gosh i'm safe i'm 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 feeling a lot better now behind secure doors and then she's like wait a minute how did you get here who are you and before all that goes down i noticed on the wall there was a little uh I don't know what you would call it, a little memo, a printout, whatever. It was was a a note on the door. Yeah, a little note. And you see these in office places. I've had them in places I've worked before. But there was this cute little note that said, there's no place like 127.0.0.1. And so for anyone that works in IT, if if you know computers and you work in the industry, you know that that is like when you're offline and you're, you're on your computer, it's, it's, it's the local intranet it's your computer's uh web server so to speak but basically it's your local machine and so it's like there's no place like home and so i thought of the wizard of oz and how the wizard of oz is all a dream right it's this dream reality that obviously is based somewhat in truth you have some similar characters and some ideas but the whole thing in essence oz is this dream sequence and so again i'm putting the tinfoil on here but is this another clue there's no place like you know is that is that another clue that this is some kind of simulation or dream but i'll leave it at that so who's the man behind the green curtain then if this is an homage to wizard of oz I have to think it's White Rose. It, yeah, and, I would think it. Yeah, yeah, got him plugged in. 
Exactly. And that's the reason I say that is because Angela, who is a real person, I'm not thinking that Angela or Darlene or Dom or any of these people, these are real people, but they're somehow plugged into this quote unquote simulation. And I have to think that it all comes back to White Rose when Angela is doing all these things. She always says, well, White Rose has this way or she'll save us or be able to save our parents. I'm paraphrasing, obviously, but it, it all comes back to White Rose. And so I think that White Rose is is the Wizard of Oz. White Rose is the mm-hmm. the magician behind all of this. So uh, we're going to have to wait to see. It's not something that we saw in this episode or episode six. But uh, just wanted to mention that in case it comes back around. Yep, absolutely. But uh, yeah, Angela makes the delivery, and after the guy walks off, hands her her, her uh, bag of food and her shake, uh, she ends up uh, meeting up with Elliot, who's been obviously furiously trying to get back into the building and, and save everyone from this catastrophe. And uh, this is where they meet eye to eye, and uh, the episode ends here, so cliffhanger. But hey, guess what? We're talking about two episodes at once, so we don't have to wait a week. That's right. You don't have to download another episode, We're going to talk about it right now. Exactly. So uh, the confrontation happens, cut to black, but episode six. Now, this is when I got really excited, Raj. So I've been talking about since the very beginning of the season. (laughs) I've been talking about time travel. I've been talking Uh about parallel universes. And what does this... What does this episode oh, start with? No, the cartoon version of Back to the Future. I mean, um, seriously, did you not get excited when you I saw did. that? Because of- <laughs> we reviewed Back to the Future over at uh, Shat the Movies. Uh, shameless plug there. Um, a, a few a few episodes ago, I don't know. It was probably a couple months ago. Um, but most people don't remember the Back to the Future cartoon. And I yeah. posted it on the uh, on my on my Twitter, and I was like, yeah, you know, this takes me back. Uh, but but the fact that someone else in the in the multiverse uh, also uh, had remembered that there was a Back to the Future cartoon episode, probably because I, and it was probably for nothing other than the rights were cheaper, right? <laughs> right. To get the cartoon version than of the movie. Than the movie. Right. But then I got to me thinking, well, shoot, USA is owned by Universal Comcast, so they yeah. own the rights because Universal owns Back to the Future. So, and and he says uh, and Mr. Robot, um, which apparently is Elliot's dad, because we're looking at a young Angela. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, he, and he mentions he acknowledges that it's a cartoon and acknowledges that there's a movie that also exists. And he's like, remember, in the movie with the photograph and blah, blah, blah. And you got to change. Otherwise, people uh, disappear, you know, as crazy as you've been this entire season. <laughs> <laughs> the clues are starting to line up and the puzzle pieces are starting to form and it's got me weirded out. Right. I'm, that's what I'm saying. So like this whole time and, and I've even said it on this recording, I've got the tinfoil on. I know this theory sounds completely crazy, but when episode six turned on and it starts with back to the future and I was talking about time travel four or five episodes ago at the beginning of the season, right. I, I, it was like, are you kidding me? I mean, this is either a major red herring or this is just crazy enough to be true. Yeah. 
Yeah. So she, so she's watching that, and this is uh, we see that Angela's mother is very sick. We've talked about this previously. If you watch the show, you know Elliot's dad ends up dying of uh, working with E Corp. Angela's mother ends up dying, same reasons. And so uh, we see that her mother is very sick, and the young Angela is having trouble uh, coping with this, as expected. And uh, we we see this kind of a, a celebration. Angela's mother is trying to have this celebration of life uh, and Angela just thinks that it's kind of weird um but uh the 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 cake it's a it's an odd situation because like the cake that they have at the party says see you in another life it's a very oh, strange it is very odd right like yeah. It's so weird, like it's so morbid because you know this person, Angela's mother, knows that she's going to die. She knows she's very sick, and yet they're celebrating like this, especially with that cake thing. It was like, oh, but but again, we have to think of this, or I have to think of this at least for my theory. Is this a clue? See you in another life. Is the other life uh, another simulation, another parallel universe? So it's something that I'm probably just convincing myself at this point. But I'm thinking, is that another take on this? Like, is this person going to be seen again in future episodes, in this future timeline? I don't know. Yeah. No. Um, it's there's no other reason for this scene to be in here. Yeah. Right? I, I can't think of any other reason. And is she, if we're in a simulation, is she, is she purposely being shown this right? A la the matrix, or is this a real memory that she had? Yeah, exactly. Is it, a, is it another memory from, from a real person that's not being used in the simulation or is this a made up thing? I have no idea, but yeah, it, it's, it's really great from a writing perspective. Again, Sam Esmail, the other writers, uh, it's great. I love back to the future. So I like to see them talking about the enchantment under the sea dance, and the disappearing photograph that you've already mentioned. Um, it's fantastic. Uh, but, uh, something that I didn't really understand and maybe I don't know if you caught something that I didn't, but they talk about uh, that Angela's mother has this anonymous benefactor that there's someone that wants to help her with treatments, help her with medical costs, and she denies it. Uh, did, did you take anything from that or is that just a offhanded comment uh to me it seemed like I thought maybe this ties in maybe that's white rose, maybe that's white rose this is getting to the whole back to the future time travel thing, but is that white rose from the future coming back and trying to uh, help Angela and her mother? It gets crazy at this point. Yeah. I don't really under, I didn't understand it. It seemed out of place, especially when you think of the, um, especially when you think of the rest of the episode. Mm Mm-hmm. There's, I, I don't see, I didn't see them come back to this idea of this anonymous ben- benefactor throughout the rest of the episode. So your guess is as good as mine. I have no idea why, why they would make an allusion to that. 
Yeah, I don't think there were any clues in this episode. I watched for them. But again, is this a future payoff? It's one of those things that I feel like once the season's over, once we get some more answers, I wonder if this will come back around that it was White Rose or is it Elliot or is it Angela from the future? And again, there's there's just too many things to speculate, too many guesses. But just remember that for future episodes. And I I feel they don't do anything on this episode. They don't just throw out things like that for no reason right no i agreed everything is done with a purpose in the show so i'm sure we'll we'll find out more in future episodes yep and so angela's mom tells her after the scene once once angela finally comes up with the courage uh the uh christian slater elliot's dad uh you know who looks like the mr robot that we've seen but it's really elliot's father he says that you know you should go talk to her and angela doesn't want to talk to her mother she finally builds up the courage and angela's mother says to her daughter you know this isn't goodbye and that's why it again leads me to believe that this is some kind of simulation some kind of implanted memory where it's a hint this isn't goodbye why because you're either going to see her in a different timeline a different uh you know parallel universe or or in a different simulation so oh man the clues were just adding up so much i wish i was watching this episode next to you because i'd be like grabbing your arm so excited (laughs) well you know that you'd grab my arm because you'd be the you'd be the small spoon in my in my big spoon (laughs) there you go there you go exactly but we'll save that for another discussion but moving on with the episode uh, not, uh, listen, uh, I just want to make sure and absolutely clear. You're okay with being the, the big spoon or the little spoon in my big spoon situation, right? Like, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not pulling the Al Franken on you. I'm just saying like. Oh, right. We're, no. We're yeah, exactly. I don't want to. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't want to give anyone that. Uh, yeah. False I don't want, that's, yeah. We're very close friends. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, uh, but- that's, that's how it would happen. <laughs> so uh angela's mother in this episode also goes on to say quote you know what i believe that this isn't the end there's another world out there for both of us and uh, we'll see each other again and we'll play and dance and bake and sing doesn't that sound beautiful will you will you believe this with me and it's like i i don't know that if that's not foreshadowing i'm so on board like if i wasn't on board before with this crazy theory that i've been coming up with with the time travel or the simulation i don't know exactly what it is yet but it's like this just confirmed it for me this was the proof that i needed for the time travel slash parallel universes (laughs) slash simulation yeah, and but what I will say though is if you think of Back to the Future of the film, I can't remember the cartoon and I did watch episodes of it when I was a kid. But if you think about Back to the Future and specifically Back to the Future 2, when Doc Brown is talking to Marty about uh, changing the future and how Biff was, you know, married his mom and took over the casino, all that good stuff, like you're talking about the alternate timeline. So Back to the Future has uh, time travel, but it also has the, uh, you know, dual timelines theory. So some people think that you go back and change the timeline and that it's a straight line and that you change things in the same uh you know the same timeline but back to the future has the belief that there's you know it would veer off into the alternate timeline i don't have time to get into it here but watch back to the future doc brown will explain it better than me uh so so this this (laughs) really it's the the butterfly effect it's biff becomes president exactly you step on a butterfly and the whole world goes to crap right that's right 
so and it was just interesting that she says that. Uh, but anyway, so we we flash forward. We go to the cliffhanger of episode five, and Elliot has realized, uh, based on what Darlene says in the confrontation with Angela, that she's been working with Tyrell and the Di- or Tyrell. I, I will say that I always want to say Tyrell, but these episodes they say Tyrell so often that I'm like, oh, I've been saying it wrong this whole time, right? um i is it tyrell it's tyrell i i always think it's tyrell and especially that's how it's spelt but if you notice in episode five and six like i think they said tyrell about a hundred times all right so, i felt stupid all right tyrell fine tyrell tyrell, tyrell tomato potato exactly uh but uh, when they're talking and Elliot is trying to stop her because he realizes that Angela wants the plan to go forward. He realizes that she is working with, uh, with the dark army and trying to destroy the paperwork. And she says to him, quote, we need to let today happen. And uh, what she says is white Rose is doing something that's going to change everything for the better. She's going to save the world. Uh, that is, I mean, that is a bold statement. And again, it backs up that Angela believes in this thing that we've seen over the, the, or we've heard over the last couple episodes that white Rose has some kind of time travel, uh, whatever, uh, powers, some kind of sci-fi thing that I think the show's going to delve into. Uh, but Angela obviously wholeheartedly believes in it. And I believe you, Raj asked the question to me, uh, you know, is Angela, is she selfish? Is she trying to just save her own mother? Correct. Does she really care about Elliot? And my answer was, I believe that she does care about Elliot. And and by saving her mother, by, by doing whatever White Rose has promised her, she's also going to save Elliot and his family. And I still believe that. And so... I think that this really only backs that up that uh, that White Rose has some kind of magic uh, through technology, obviously, that is going to save them. And uh, Elliot says, people are going to die. And she says, no, they're going to be fine, including your father and my mother. Like, again, that's she's, just she's but why is she so confident? I, I don't know, uh, but she's obviously drinking the Kool-Aid. I mean, at sure. this point, I don't think that we can doubt for one second that Angela believes in this cause, that she believes White Rose is, has something that is going to save everyone, save the world, save Elliot, save the cheerleader, whatever. <laughs> it, 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 it's just, it, she obviously believes in it. Like, I don't yeah. think she's playing anyone. She's not being selfish. Like, she's drinking the Kool-Aid, yeah. uh, whether it's real or not. And this entire season and all this crazy stuff that we're talking about it could be a red herring like maybe white rose doesn't and it's all going to end up being a bunch of crap Mm -hmm. but i am completely convinced that angela has the best intentions for elliot for everybody for the world uh so you know only time will tell but she says that this whatever white rose will do will save quote your father and my mother so i'm thinking it's some kind of time travel type craziness going on here sort of uh back to the future uh, mm-hmm. photograph um re eraser exactly he's, he's gonna get up on stage and and play um <laughs> chuck berry chuck berry thank you yeah. thank you yeah. going through st louis's yep st louis's own. own that's right uh, yeah uh but yeah I, I i really this really backed it up for me so it was really cool to get this kind of this kind of backup but again are we all living in a simulation has this whole thing i mean if, right. if season one and two have taught us anything it's like 
who knows what's actually going on uh but but yeah so so he starts to have flashbacks though and he starts to kind of wake up because he's been i think they said something like five days he's been out once he is in that elevator the last episode he's been four days uh, four days out right four days out okay so he starts to have some flashbacks though and uh, he starts to see things from from before he went out from from different meetings with Mr. Robot and Terrell and Angela and all that uh and he remembers Red Wheelbarrow and he finally realizes that that is a thing um so meanwhile, back with the FBI, uh, Dom is trying to, Dom and her partner are trying to convince Santiago, who we know is a bad guy. We saw him go in and uh, kill people whenever he was trying to save Terrell in those, in those flashback episodes. Um, but she is trying to implicate uh, Red Wheelbarrow and the whole conspiracy theory here and go bust them. Uh, and and Santiago is like, well, you know, we don't really know. Uh, you've watched that episode more recently than me, but basically he's trying to play it off as like, uh, yeah, we don't really have hard evidence, so we're going to need some more uh, proof before we go storming in there, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I, again, this was a, a confusing part of the show for me. I, I didn't quite understand what was really going on. And, and I, and also my dad was asking a lot of questions that I didn't have. <laughs> That's right. To. That's right. He brought over the, uh, he brought over the El Camino, El Camino for you. He brought over the El Camino. And, and so, so they're outside of Rel- red wheelbarrow. Um, Dom knows that something is going on in, in, uh-huh. in red wheelbarrow. And we see, Terrell in there burning things, but it doesn't seem as if it, it didn't seem if Santiago was also at the same location. Like I, I didn't understand. Well, I think it was a head fake. So when I watched okay. the episode and I, I only watched episode six once I went back and watched the one take episode five. Right. Again, I, I only saw six once. It was the same day that it aired this previous Wednesday, but I, I thought that they were going to do a head fake. I right. really thought, I thought they so were going too. for, right. I mean, the, the way they set it up and it, and it seemed like a trope, but Mr. Robot doesn't do things this simplistically, but they, it was like, Oh, Terrell is burning this stuff in this trash can. And then Dom ends up going to red wheelbarrow on a hunch. Like Santiago says, no, don't go in there. Uh, we don't have proof and we can't do that. We don't have, you know, like it's yeah, the it's, it's the trope it's of like the, the cops of, don't have yeah, the warrant. We can't and, we can't go in there. It'll it'll they'll, they'll get <laughs> off on a technicality, right? Yeah, ex- exactly. Like we don't have the warrant, we don't have the data. Sure. So so she ends up saying to her partner, like, "Oh, let's go to lunch." And of course, they pick Red Wheelbarrow. She <laughs> goes on that hunch, but we start seeing smoke from from behind a door sure. there, and so what I thought was that it was going to be a head fake that Terrell was burning all this stuff in the trash can. Uh, what we think is that Irving is going to kill him. Like uh, I believe earlier in the episode that white Rose basically says like, we need to take care of him. Uh, when, you know, once that he's, that he's too much of a liability and that he needs to be taken care of. So Irving confronts him and he says, you know, read this, read this packet. Here's this envelope, burn the instructions when you're done with them. And he leaves and, and Irving or Terrell questions. He says, you're not going to kill me. And he ends up just walking out of there. I don't remember the exact line, but he, he just, you know, he says, read the instructions and he, he walks away. Nice working with you. That's it. And so 
what it seemed like, what I thought was that Terrell was going to end up burning the instructions, that it was somehow maybe tricking him into saving his family or, or that he was going to do something because he thought he had to, and he was going to end up killing himself. But then it was going to be a head fake, like Dom busts into the burning room and it was just some chef burning the pancakes or, or whatnot. Right. You know, it, it was going to be a total head fake, but it really ends up being the place. So, so Dom ends up breaking into there. Terrell's already cleared out, but she finds the trash can and the burnt up instructions. Uh, and, and she ends up telling Santiago that, yeah, this was the place Terrell was here. And, uh, then Santiago has to play it off. Like, like, Oh, well you completely went against me, but, but, uh, okay. It ended up working out for you. Right. So, so we ended up that he was actually there and they just missed each other by a small amount of time. Right. And, and, so, and so he's burning instructions, but also possible proof for what we see later on in the episode is all the, e- the, the, the giant plan that white rose is putting on. I mean, obviously we knew red wheelbarrow was a front. You would have to expect yeah. that all the instructions for this giant, massive plan, this undertaking yeah. had to have been housed there. So that that's probably what he was burning. Yeah, and what was interesting was that uh, when when Dom goes in there on this, I mean, it's more than a hunch, obviously. She has some data to back up that stuff's going on there, but she asks when did this location open, and it's only a matter of weeks, mm-hmm. and it's all surrounding E-Corp, and she, Dom is smart. Sure. Like, this character is great. It's yeah. a she's a very well-written character and she's very smart. Uh, the, the actress is amazing. And we found out recently uh, that it's Meryl Streep's daughter. So there's That's pretty cool. no surprise yeah, of course. that she's an amazing great actress. Genes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and what a great acting coach uh, aside from the genes. Yeah, like, thanks, yeah, Mom. of course you have, uh, exactly. So, um, but yeah, she, 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 and she does. It's funny. If you think about Meryl Streep's earlier roles, like this actress that plays Dom looks just like a young Meryl Streep. It really makes perfect it's sense. Uh, yeah, it really is. So she's fantastic. And, uh, but yeah, so she ends up, uh, she ends up, uh, getting further in her investigation here. Um, but, uh, Terrell escapes. We're going to end up seeing him later in the, in this show. Um, Irving is tipped off though by Santiago. So as soon as Dom starts talking to him about wanting to go investigate there, he ends up calling Irving and saying the location's burnt. So they know that uh, Red Wheelbarrow is not a safe place for him, and and that's how they get the tip off. Um, we we flash forward and we see that that UN vote that you talked about for last episode has gone forward. So the Congo was uh, ex, uh, annexed from China. Yeah. So uh, they're they're in that big celebration there. And uh, what we know is that uh, White Rose or Chang has been playing Price and leading him on to believe that he's going to get what he wants as long as the vote goes his way. And uh, so Price ends up talking to him at this party. Congratulations. Um, you know, and, and so at this point, I thought that maybe uh, there was going to be some kind of a big confrontation, but it seemed a lot friendlier than that. Yeah, it and did. they joked it seemed, around. It seemed as if they were kind of very chummy. They were very buddy-buddy. 
Yeah, it it was really it was really surprising to me because and again, I'm not saying that it won't happen to where Price is going to realize he's screwed over because I do ultimately think that Chang oh, slash White Rose is in charge, but I thought this was going to be the point where he pulls out the rug from him. <laughs> uh, obviously, he says that stage 2 is going to go ahead as planned, which is destroying E Corp and Price is the head of E Corp, yeah. so that is not within his plans. Um but it didn't happen here and they have some nice moments like that the the acting was great. I I thought that the two had really good chemistry in the scene. It was, it was just a kind of a neat scene, but uh, anyway, going forward, Elliot is meanwhile, this entire episode, Elliot is trying to battle his inner Mr. Robot personality. And he is trying to save the E-Corp building, which we found out that over the weekend, uh, Angela and Terrell have teamed up <clears throat> the reason that they wanted Mr. Robot and not Elliot. Uh, to be secluded uh, was so that they could get all the paper documents shipped to the one location. And then of course that was the stage two that we know of so far was to implode the building and destroy all the documents. So meanwhile, Elliot during this entire episode is like trying to sneak in. He steals the security guards badge. He's trying to go and, and break into uh, the, the the computer lab where he has some funny interactions with another employee. That's like, they're just trying to check his emails. Um, and he ends up, uh, this is a total fight club. homage. Yeah, I was about I mean, to say I the know. exact same thing. This is, this is the yeah. end of the fight club when he's, when he's fighting uh, Tyler dirt. Absolutely, because we all know it. Like we're seeing it, we know that Elliot and Mister Robot are the same person. So I think that was a really great homage. And uh, he ends up like breaking computers. And I really like how they do it. Elliot keeps inching forward, uh, inch by inch. He's getting closer and closer to stopping Mister Robot in this plan to execute Stage Two. And so, like, he gets to the computer lab and he starts typing. All of a sudden, he wakes up, snaps out of it, and he's he's outside the building. And then the next time, he gets a little bit closer, mm-hmm. and then he wakes up, and he's in the elevator, but he's not quite left the building yet. Right. And, uh, and he eventually is in that computer lab again, and he what? he's typing, yeah, I thought, and he just wakes I up. I thought with the effective use of Notepad here again, um, if you're going to communicate with your alternate uh, self, uh, you yeah. you want to do it on Notepad. Um, absolutely but, but again it's also an effective use to tell the audience that the reason that you're like there's no other person he could be talking to other than himself which again yeah very effectively done well we've talked about this time and time again how how grounded mr robot is and i know that we're getting into some sci sci-fi, sci-fi stuff with the time travel and all that but still with the the routers and the ip addresses all the stuff that you see on the screen they have consultants that are hackers and they're very grounded into right. real life stuff that people actually do and i will say so i work in the it field i fix computers i remote in quite often and i cannot tell you how many times when I want to communicate with the person on the other end, if I'm not on the phone with them, that I type to them in notepad, like that's a real yeah, thing. Absolutely. It really is. Like if you want to pull up real quick, if you want to talk to someone that you're remoting into, uh, and, and obviously he wasn't remoting, but he was trying to, to talk to his other personality uh, when he was out of it. And it's like, yeah, notepad, you just pull it up, uh, you know, press the windows key uh-huh. and type in notepad. <laughs> and it, yep. It's so I just, I really appreciate the research they do and, and all of that that we've seen throughout all these different seasons. Uh, the show is so good about that, but yeah, uh, what it comes down to is that Mr. Robot is always a step ahead and uh, he always ends up, 
Agrippa taking over and he basically locks out of he locks out Elliot of the terminal. He changes the password on him. He does all these different things. And, and when he goes back to the computer lab, I think for the last time he ends up smashing the computers, Elliot wakes up and he's like destroyed all these computers. And the other guy in the lab is scared of him because he's (laughs) obviously this crazy Tyler Durden esque where he's destroying everything, but he eventually is able to get through with it to him. He is able to convince Elliot is able to convince Mr. Robot that, uh, the plan isn't what it seems uh and, that, right. and that's what we're going to get to by the end of the episode uh, which is so so all those times that you're seeing elliot thru- thrust himself into a door mm-hmm. or bang his head that's mr robot taking over his body and he's kind of glitching out his program is is kind of going offline uh that i had to try to explain to my father so if you don't understand <laughs> why it's happening that you're seeing Elliot, but when he's glitching out and throwing himself into thing, that's that's Mr. Robot taking over his body. But again, it's 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 uh, it's Tyler Durden fighting the narrator in Fight Club. It's also Spider-Man learning how to control and harness his powers by jumping off of large buildings. <laughs> Absolutely. And, you know, I'm only disappointed that you did not videotape yourself or, or record yourself trying to convince <laughs> or, or explain to your father after That's these right. uh, three seasons, three and a half or two uh, and a half. I, 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 yeah, I was like, that. I've watched all <laughs> the seasons. I apologize for making you have to go to this. I still don't understand what happens <laughs> half the time. And I have a podcast about this. Absolutely. Like that, that is gold right there. That really should be a bonus episode. So okay. hopefully the NSA or someone was recording that and they'll be able to sure. release it I to mean, us. I mean, I did get an Amazon fire stick and they are <laughs> new my information. So I totally think the NSA has yeah. bugged my house. Hey, hold on one second. Hey, Alexa, can you play back that conversation between Raj That's and his dad? Exactly. 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 <laughs> so uh, we, we go back uh, to a scene with Angela and she's riding the subway. It's a similar setup to when Darlene is riding the subway, uh, but she's there. There's some old ladies having a conversation and we see uh, a mugger that has the F society mask on that we've come to know. And he holds them at gunpoint and he steals the old lady's purses and he goes to, to Angela and, and he says, give me your money, give me your purse, whatever. And she just sits there and the old ladies say, come on, honey, give it, give it to him. Like, what are you doing? He's going to hurt you. And she just doesn't budge. And the subway ends up stopping. He runs off the train and they're looking at her in disbelief. And she has that, you know, I don't give a, I, I just don't have a care in the world. Like none of this matters. And that's what, again, backs up for me that at this point she has nothing to lose. Right. Or, or at least she believes, and this could again be a red herring, but uh, she is in complete belief that like, it doesn't matter if I die now or whatever, like I, when all this is reset, it's not even going to matter. I'm not even going to exist. I'm just going to fade out of that picture. Like in back to the future. Right. Exactly. I mean, you're listen, you're on the right path and God help us all. If Kevin Brackett has figured out Mr. Robot uh, from episode one of this season, you, you called this in episode one, you said this is a giant simulation or back to the future, multiple timelines. I was like, well, you're crazy. What are you smoking? Right now. I, now I understand that that's why that's her motivation for not giving up her purse because nothing matters. Right. I love it. I've shot or not. Yeah. I remember those early episodes where you, I mean, I mean, 
to give you credit, you were like, you were, you were giving me a little bit of leeway and, and you were like, okay, sure. I can see that. Go ahead and talk your crazy points or whatever. Yeah, but I love to see your transition with all this evidence and how now you're like, man, I don't, it sounds pretty believable. You brought me into the loony <laughs> bin with you. Right. I know we're going to all be, exactly. both of us are going to be strapped in with our, our straight jackets. <laughs> banging up against padded walls. Exactly. Uh, so, so, uh, yeah, so we already talked about it. Uh, uh, Tyrell has escaped Dom and this whole Red Wheelbarrow uh, burning of instructions situation. Uh, but uh, uh, it ends up that Darlene in, in the next scene confronts Angela. She ends up meeting up with her. And uh, and then we see like in, in the, the background of this next scene, we see Tyrell getting arrested by cops. And so uh, he's, he's, he's like the crazy person in the straitjacket that's just escaped from the loony bin. He's like, oh, you got to stop it. You got to whatever. He obviously knows what the Dark Army is up to. And so he's also the FBI's most wanted uh, guy. So they're all arresting him. But he's like, no, you got to stop it. And us as the viewer, we're like, what are you talking about? Like, yeah, we know that they're going to blow up this building, but Elliot's going to save the day. And uh, he ends up uh, going. We go back to Elliot and he is able to uh, course Mr. Robot through that notepad conversation into believing that the dark army is really playing them and screwing them over uh they really don't want what's best for the world and so he talks him into uh opening up the room with the servers uh he's able to uh elliot snaps out of it he goes into the server room he pulls the fire alarm it it puts all the uh i don't know what you would call that it's not water but it's like a fire extinguisher it extinguishes Mm -hmm. all the ups devices so i guess they can't overheat it's a a, um not a hadron system what is it called um hold on i've got the uh fire extinguisher. yeah i don't know exactly like i don't really understand the whole like hydrogen from the ups's whatever it is it's uh it's a it's it's a, an 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 inert gas suppression system. Okay, so they have it like obviously with these uh, server farms, these situations with lots of computers, they have very complicated setups. It's not just like uh, right. they detect a smoke or, or a flame and like water comes out. I mean, these are Correct. very complicated yeah. systems. So Correct. it's like they save the day. the The triumphant music comes on. Elliot's smiling and. All is well in the world. Mr. Robot's on his side. And then this is like, this is the big twist. This is the biggest twist of the season so far, at least that's been proven. So after the day is saved, we end up going to the the television broadcast and we see, uh, oh, oh, um, who is it? Was it, it was was it Terrell or who is the one that says that there's, there were actually no paper records in E-Corp? You just watched it. I think it was Terrell. I think it was uh, it was someone said it. I yeah. think it was Terrell. Okay, I, I I can't remember exactly, but so so someone says I don't even understand what we were trying to do here. There there were no paper records the entire time in this building, so I don't know what was going on. And then we right. see on the news broadcast, dun dun dun, that seventy one E Corp buildings 
have been exploded, have been just totally demolished with all the people inside, all the paper records. Uh, this is a huge reveal because we find out that none of the actual documents that we thought over the weekend uh, when the Dark Army was working with Terrell and Angela, that they were going to you know, bust their butts and, and get all the documents into the one building. Well, they ended up not going with that plan and who knows if they ever were even planning on that in the first place. Uh, my my assumption is that White Rose was always planning on taking out E-Corp and ruining Price and, and the company. And uh, yeah, they didn't need to move the documents. They took out all these buildings. And uh, it, it, Elliot was so focused on saving that local building that he didn't see the bigger picture. That's right. And, I mean, listen, uh, when you've got a Chinese hacker group... Uh, uh, terrorizing you and 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 trying to uh, um, stop you. Um, you gotta you gotta you gotta look at everything from all angles, and uh, he did not. Yeah, and then that's the thing. It's the same. It's we are Elliot, right? So the audience right. is viewing this from the same perspective that we were there with him. Uh, the The last two episodes have been incredible, in my opinion, at least. That uh, five and six have been all about Elliot trying to infiltrate E Corp after being fired, getting back in the building, stopping the UPS. We have been on this thrill ride, this nonstop intensity of 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 being there right along with Elliot trying to stop the dark army and trying to save this building. And meanwhile, it's, it's sleight of hand. They were completely distracting us from the bigger picture that the dark army was basically ruining and destroying all of E Corp, all these different buildings. And so, yeah, Elliot saved one building and 71 were demolished. So that's right. Uh, he never stood a chance and his efforts were, were they, futile. Let me ask you this. Were they, were they still targeting that building? that he saved i think so i think it was one so, of them so, so did they yeah. want him dead did they did they did they think that he was going to be unable to stop and they were just going to uh, be able to eliminate elliot like are so. they going to be surprised that elliot is still alive yeah i from my point of view i think that he would have been collateral damage and all that that right. he is obviously a force to be reckoned with and they don't want him around and they thought they would take him out with with all the other buildings and so yeah now that's that's the one wild card is that elliot's actually alive but uh the bigger damage has been done that all these buildings and and uh white rose slash chang has got the congo annexed they've also moved forward stage two all these documents have been destroyed e corp is basically going to be no more they they from my perspective uh they've eliminated all of these buildings except for one i'm thinking yeah. they've taken out the entire company so uh it was a huge twist a huge shock um my mind was blown when i saw it uh, did you ever expect that type of ending to episode six no i didn't i mean but i also didn't expect a happy ending so right. um again it was just so cool yeah, to, to see them end on this, and uh, again, um, is this the plan all along? Is the you know again? I don't. <sighs> I'm just I'm 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 in I'm in. I'm trying to piece all this together to figure out okay if this relates to the uh, the sliding doors theory, the yeah. uh, the um, matrix theory, <laughs> the the different uh 
uh, time frames that we're all living in the back to the future theory. Mm-hmm. Yeah, how does, all, how does this all play into it? Why does the bringing down of E Corp? Uh, how does that all play into it? If, is Angela really going to get her family back now? Uh, when she goes back in time, I, I how is this all going to, how is this all going to happen? Absolutely. That's, that's the biggest question that I have because so far I, I've been on this crazy train with this theory and all this stuff's seems to back up my crazy theory. But in the end, is this the misdirection? Is this the red herring that they want you to believe? Like at first, no one's believing time travel or parallel universe. That's crazy. And more and more, episode five, episode six, you're thinking, oh my gosh, is there actually made time travel? They showed us the Back to the Future cartoon. Like that is just hitting you over the head with it. In the end, is this all going to be BS? Is this just White Rose playing yeah. Angela? Very, it's very possible that we could end up seeing that none of our theories are true, and that it was just the Dark Army taking out E Corp and and the world and society as we know it. So um, it's going to be interesting. But I thought that it was fantastic writing, fantastic directing. I mean, Episode Five is one of the best pieces of television from a technical standpoint that I can think of um, absolutely amazing with that 45 minute long tracking shot and uh, episode six with the intensity and that twist at the end that I didn't see coming of, of uh, yeah, all the 71 buildings, like he saved one building and 71 were destroyed. Um, the show just really keeps you on your toes. And when you have it figured out, or you think you have it figured out, they just throw something at you, which gets you to start over at square one thinking what is going on here uh it's a fantastic ride this is such a fun show to watch and talk about i'm a fan so yeah uh, that leads us up to to the next episode which is uh, getting ready to air here i'm so excited to see what happens uh if you had a prediction if you had to guess um what what do you think is going to happen in the next episode do you have any uh any predictions oh geez um uh, Marty and Doc are going to show up and and, <laughs> and talk. No, I you know um, I think we're going to deal with the aftermath of of E Corp. I and see here. So uh, how many episodes are this season? Thirteen. I I, I want to say like ten. I'm I'm okay. going to guess. So um, I mean, we're I, getting we're getting almost to the the end of this season. I mean, uh, if if season two was any indication. Uh, we're going to start seeing the, the big reveal where I think we're going to start uh, seeing definitive proof of to whether or not any of these theories hold up. That's my prediction. Yeah. What I really like with these seasons. And again, we've only seen the finale of two seasons thus far, but there have not been cliffhangers, right? right. So they let the seasons play out. There have been some really big twists and they've, they've really done some amazing things, but they don't keep you guessing like, Oh, you know, the season finale, I have no idea what's going on. No, they tell you by the end of the season. And so I don't expect any less from season three. I think we're going to know by the end of the season is time travel real is the sci-fi part of the show going to actually happen? Or was this white rose playing everybody and, Mm -hmm is uh, the dark army going to rule the world. And the only one that can stop them is Elliot who uh, saved the day at that, uh, you know, E Corp building 72 that survived. That's right. So yeah, it's great. Uh, But that does it. That's, that's episodes five and six. Uh, I know that for the listeners out there, we were a little late in getting them to you, but uh, we were busy and we have lives. 
Yeah, exactly. Hopefully you can forgive us, but uh, we are so excited to see what happens and we're so happy to talk about these episodes. Uh, but that's it for this week. Uh, let's uh, tell everyone where they can find us. Raj, uh, myself, you can follow me on Twitter at Kevin R. Brackett. Of course, you can follow the show, as we mentioned before, on Twitter at all the spoilers. Email us at theshowspoilers at gmail.com. Raj, where can they find you? They can find me at Roger underscore Roper. You can also check out my other podcast at Shat the Movies, where we review 80s and 90s movies. Uh, and we also do a show podcasts, um, doing Game of Thrones, uh, Taboo, American Gods, and Westworld, which is coming back in 2018. To- totally excited for that. Um, that is over at Shat on TV. You can follow uh, both of those handles on Twitter at Shat on TV and at Shat the Movies. Awesome. Well, uh, it, it has been a pleasure, as always, Raj, talking about this show with you. This is an amazing work of art, such great television. We really, truly live in an amazing time. So yeah, uh, I yeah. cannot and, wait. And not only is it an amazing time, but if I could just get on my high horse here and, and try and do something for uh, society, we, we are both independent podcasters. We both rely on a, on a free and open and fair internet where uh, all internet data is um, served up the same way. And what that means is we don't want to put a pay firewall between you and content that you receive on the internet. This consolidation of power, if they remove net neutrality, which basically states that all everything that you enjoy about the internet must be handled in the same way, no matter if that content is coming from USA or uh, NBC or ABC or Netflix or YouTube or whatever. We rely on uh, the freedom to be able to upload uh, our content onto uh, you know, websites um, like that we host ourselves or on Libsyn distribution, which goes out to iTunes and goes out to YouTube and all these different um, creative content, which uh, allows independent uh, content creators to get their information out. If net neutrality is removed, then they will pull up, put up pay firewalls, meaning they will, they will slow service. Uh, that uh, the independent creative individuals like us uh, rely on, um, they will they will f- they will throttle speeds, um, and it is a dangerous proposition to put information in the hands of a few. It is it is the absolute wrong thing to do. It is not the direction of this country, and it, and and it is what internet service providers want. Uh, they they want to monopolize that, and they want to tell you what you can and can't do. And if you've enjoyed your internet up until then, uh, and it's not broken, don't try and fix it. Uh, so please save net neutrality. Uh, call your congressman. Call your senator. Do everything you can. Share a tweet. It doesn't matter which aisle that you sit on, because I'll tell you one thing, if you're on the right side of the aisle, you sure as hell don't want the left side of the aisle controlling all the information. And the same goes for the left. This is, this is, this is something that both uh, political uh, affiliations should come together uh, and demand that there be uh, net neutrality and all information should be served up the same. And there should be no, uh, no person, no one entity, uh, which, by the way, you, you probably have a monopoly. You probably don't have other Internet service providers in your area. So you probably only have one place to go to. Um, 
And if that person, if that, if that company controls what you can and can't see, that is a dangerous proposition. So please uh, spread the word. Hashtag save net neutrality. Uh, the FCC came out today uh, and is uh, and is and is proposed gutting it for these new tiering of subscriptions. So if if you hate your cable provider and you cut your cord, that's exactly what those internet service providers are trying to do uh, to your internet service. Don't let that happen. I apologize. That's all I wanted to say. Uh, Kevin, did you want to add anything to that? <laughs> No, that's that's really well said. I, I think that you vocalized it very well. Net neutrality ensures that the internet, which is the last bastion of freedom of information, which is how we share ideas and and how thriving democracies can can survive. It, it's it, it's like, it's like it, it's classified as a utility right now. And I'll give you the example of this. Do you do you like your lights on in your bedroom? Do you like your do you like going to the kitchen and, and and turning on the flip the switch and having those lights turn on too? It's the equivalent of your of, of the electricity company coming and saying, "Well, uh, you 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 want electricity, right? But uh, you think uh, right now what you're paying, you can only get bedroom lights. Oh, you want kitchen lights too? That's going to be it's going to be twelve dollars extra. Oh, you want you want electricity after twelve? Uh, yeah, you're going to have to pay extra for that. Um, they're they're going to put up all these paywalls, which uh. You're, you're absolutely going to hate if you, if you hate using hotel internet service, uh, that's that's what they want to turn this into, uh, where you you know you, know, you want the extra service you, you fly on a plane go go Wi-Fi which never works that's what they want to do to your internet speed so save net neutrality please 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 save net neutrality it's uh, it's how we can keep doing stuff like this. It's what Mister Robot and it, Elliot exactly. would want. Exactly, you're fans of Mister Robot. You probably already like net neutrality. Very well said, Raj. Uh, but for now, that's all we've got. Episode five and six. Thank you so much for being patient. I know that a lot of you out there were messaging us and tweeting at us like, where's the new episode? Uh, again, thank you for dealing with our hectic schedules. We will definitely be on time for the next episode. So until then, can't wait to watch the next episode and discuss it with you. Thank you very much for listening. And Raj, I uh, look forward to talking to you next week. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.